Welcome to the RF Generation Collector Cast Live Show 2017. Thank you very much for the applause. I'd kind of almost forgotten how to say that, so uh, I'd forgotten uh, how much fun it is to do this. But seriously, for those folks that couldn't be here, um, I do appreciate when people send us messages and say, hey, when's the show coming back? Um, I never say never. Uh, obviously, we're here. Um, but, you know, uh, we love doing it, and maybe we can get back to it sometime. But uh, real quick, for those that may not be really familiar, um, we're from rfgeneration.com. Uh, my name, uh, I go by Duke Togo, Chris Cantrell. Uh, Wild Bill of 52, uh, I am Bill. And I'm Rich, uh, single banana. And Rich uh, also does another ongoing, like real life, uh, podcast on our website. Real life stuff. Um, <laughs> you want to tell everybody really kind of quick about that? Yeah, kind of quick. Uh, do the Art Generation Playcast, which is basically a book club that we run on our website for video game players. We do a monthly game, and then myself and Greg Ghost eighty one uh, host a podcast to discuss the game each month. And we have guests. Sometimes. Yeah, occasionally they let me on there, which is probably a mistake. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did one. And that was very long. He has not But being at a convention, we kind of wanted to start with uh, with the time that we've got, and kind of going and talking a little about con collecting and con buying, because that's always a, a hot topic. You guys have the rest of your day, so hopefully you can go out and make your money count. But uh, there's a lot of tactics and tricks that kind of go around that. So we want to start off kind of by talking a little bit about budgeting and how to stick with that stuff. So I don't know about you guys, when I go into a con, like the big thing is everything is bright and shiny and wants my money. So I have to set like a certain limit. And I don't know how you guys do that, but I was gonna come up with this a dollar amount. Um, I'm sure we could talk about that with the auction a little bit last night. But like for me, I know like I could bring things for, to sell too, they bar to offset or to do some trades or whatnot. So I've gotta to try to keep it under a certain amount. Um, I always, you know, at least for me, I try to make it enough to make sure that the travel to the con kind of pays for itself. But uh, what do you guys do to try to stick to a budget at a con? Um, I guess I just kind of go and see like what money I've got saved up, usually budget saving up like during the year and everything, and know what I want to spend. Definitely make a list of high priority versus low priority games, and you know, kind of price sort of reflects what I'm going to spend. Yeah, always try to go home with some money. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean that, that's always how it was for me when uh, uh, when I was actively collecting. I'm not uh, uh, as as active. I mean, like like everybody, you know, like five, seven, ten years ago, I'm not working while I'm at work. I'm on Craigslist or I'm on like you know looking for tax sales or, or figuring out. Uh, you know, I, when I found the little Samson on Craigslist, it was I was at work and I saw it. Just, the lot just said Nintendo. <laughs> Yeah, the lot. Yeah, sorry. The lot just said like Nintendo system and games. There's a picture of little Samson. It was like one in the afternoon, and I was like, I am leaving right now. So I let. So it's uh, uh it, it's hard to find that stuff. Uh, uh, you know, harder and harder to find that stuff now. So the, for a while, there was a a, a a feeling in the con community that you know, all these prices are too high, and it's well, these prices are what they are. So you kind of have to go in expecting that, and. You know, the people who complain the prices are too high are the people who don't walk away with anything. So you need to, you know, you, you either accept the reality that this is what it is, and you make that decision in your head. You say, okay, I'm going to wait for these prices to go down. And more often than not, they don't go down. So everyone's got the, I've heard the same story from so many people today. Oh man, I remember passing on Little Samson when it was a hundred bucks, or I remember passing on Bubble Bobble 2 when it was 40 or Snow Bros. Everyone's got 
everyone in here has passed on the game. But it's not 40 anymore. Not 40 anymore. <laughs> so, so you just have to make them. Then for a long time, I I passed on Web of Fire because I saw it sell for 250, and then it kept going like up and up and up, and I was like, well. It'll go back down again, right? It's been 250 before, and no, it didn't go back down. And it took an amazing community of, uh, of uh, friends uh, at our generation that that combined uh, when their powers combined uh, to uh, uh, finish yeah, the 32x collection. Yeah. So to get back to the what was the question? What time is it? Uh, so yeah, the, the now you know why editing is uh, <laughs> the, the, the the budget budgeting in a con. It's it's extremely important, but I encourage people to you know accept the market of for what it is, and really do what you can to prepare for that, whether it's bringing things to buy, to, to sell, and trade to, to get there. But I always have a list of like, these are the five things I'm looking for, and everything else is secondary. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. I mean, the thing I think you have to realize, and I expect, and I think some people are not in that mode, is like haggling is everything, right? And you should expect to haggle when you deal with sellers. I, I'm, I'm gonna be really honest, I'm selling stuff here today. I have not had one person try to hack me. And I'm like, I go in, I set my prices, I expect that, right? That's kind of the way it works. And when I go up to buy, I'm gonna try to hack a little bit, right? But you can, these guys don't wanna walk away with this stuff. It's not their private collections. They're looking to make a little money, right? And now, no, you can't go up and say, hey, I want that $400 thing for $200. I mean, that's ridiculous, but those guys wanna make a deal. They wanna make some money while they're here too. And if you work with them, or just talk to people for a few minutes, people wanna help you out. We're all fellow game lovers. It's the same thing. A lot of us are selling things that we're just gonna be going over to somebody else's table, and everybody kinda of understands that. So I don't know how you guys feel and how you work with that, but in my mind, I always have that idea, unless, I mean, don't be wrong. Sometimes you walk and you just go, this is a crazy price, I'm just gonna buy this because it's awesome. But I mean, I always have haggling in mind. I mean, do you guys, do you haggle? Yeah, absolutely. And like I said, I have like that sort of priority list where I have high priority things, low priority things. I think when I, you come to a con, one of the things you really have to look for, especially with the high price items, you gotta expect those to go pretty quick. Um, so you kinda gotta jump on that quick. And if you have like a lower priority list, you can usually, like on a Sunday, like today, uh, you can go back and try to make some deals because people don't want to carry stuff home, just like you said. But as far as um, you know, techniques and haggling stuff like that, you know, be reasonable. Try to buy several things from there if you can. Try to bundle them up. Um, I think I bundled like six games at one place yesterday and got a fantastic deal with my Sega Master System set. So, so yeah, uh, there's definitely some great strategies, but. You know, like you said, don't be afraid to you know, just put a price out there. And even if your price is a little bit lower than they want, you know, they'll usually try to at least meet you in the middle. Yeah, and they're, they're people. They're gamers, too, and they get it. And that's um, it. It, it. People just want to be treated lightly. You know, as long as you're not going there trying to kill somebody or get somebody on the price, those people are they're happy to work with you. I think a lot of uh, people treat uh, uh, transactions at the at a con or an expo as like a one-off. Like you walk in, you do your transaction, you go. This is a very small community. Everyone knows each other, and if you don't know each other, you will like we'll go to a, a con in you know uh, Maryland, and then we'll go to one in Jersey, and then we'll go to one in uh, you know Massachusetts, and we'll do one here. And even if you don't know everyone, you see the same people at all these shows. So I always encourage people like talk to other people. Like I saw a guy with a uh, New England Arcade Collector Forum T-shirt on yesterday, which is a local arcade forum. 
And we struck up a conversation, and then we started chatting, and now we're probably going to hang out and do some stuff with our cave machines. And that just leads to meeting more people, and then they, because everyone knows sellers, so it really is much more of a networking thing than people realize. And then you see the same flea market seller every week at the, you know, the elephant's trunk, or so. I, I really encourage you before you just start. Uh, you know, the first thing I say when I buy something at con is not like, oh, hey, like, what are you asking on that? If I see a whole bunch of good stuff, I'm like, you got a bunch of good stuff here, man. And then we just start talking. Like, so, like, where do you get this stuff? Is this yours? Do you resell? And then, you know, like, just it humanizes it. It, it just kind of makes it more like you're talking to another, uh, you know, person in the hobby. And then all, you know, people who like each other want to be with each other. So it's, I really encourage people to treat it as more of a networking uh, uh, as you, as, you know, than you might be already be treating it. But it's it's it just becomes all that much more community focused when you uh, when you treat it that way. Yeah, you have to think a little bit more past the transaction. I mean, I know like last year when we were, the loadout was happening last year, we were sitting here and one of the sellers that we just been chit chatting the whole time, he's packed it up. I'm like, can we give you a hand? You know, and he's oh yeah sure. And, and he's back this year, and so you see him and like they just come up, and, hey, how you doing? And when you go up there, they're happy to talk to you. And they they just you don't even have to ask for it. They're like, hey, no, don't worry. About it's it. great when they remember, like you know, you buy something at Magfest, and then Carlson Madgear saw me, and he was like, oh, you got the salamander still? And it's it's just it's oh, yeah. so cool. Yeah, the same. Yeah, Carlson came up to me, and he's like, how was Overwatch? You yeah. no, not over, oh, over Horizon. He's like, how you been playing that? And I'm like, I love that game. And then we're just talking about the game all of a sudden. I'm like, wow, you remember that one thing that I bought like at the end? end of the last con a year ago. And I want to, I want to thank you guys because that helped me get a lower price on my spark notes too. <laughs> this year. It was really great. So the plan came full circle. <laughs> yeah, you did. I just said I was smart generation and that was it. Awesome. Yeah, but I think it's uh, really like kind of the way from start to beginning, like the process, like how you approach the table, like in a like a friendly attitude. Hey, how you doing today? You know, how how sales going, you know? And, uh, you know, hit the table several times and you know, usually you can kind of create sort of a, you know, a bond with the seller and uh, maybe get some good deals that way. And just to point to kind of like the, the like not the way to do it, the wrong way to do it. We've, we've all we've all seen it. Maybe we've even done it ourselves. But like the just the, the opposite of what you should be doing. Like you walk up to a table, you like you know pick a thing up, you look at it, and just just go. That's too much. And then walk away. Like you could totally probably. Yeah, you're not getting a deal at anything else and, at that and, and then you're going home and you're leaving a bad review for the expo or a bad review for that seller or like, yeah, this guy said it's bullcrap. And it's, you know, everyone's out here for the same reason. Yeah, and it's a great thing about if you don't like a price, you just don't buy it. Right. It's really easy. It's I just, cool. Oh, okay. It's all right. You keep that. Yeah. But no, I mean, I think that's the thing. When we think about relationships, like Bill was saying, this is a small hobby. You're going, if you're in, I mean, even sometimes it's big regions. I mean, I've seen Eric from Germany now twice. I mean, that's uh, at, at this con. And you're going to start seeing the same sort of thing. You're going to build these bonds that kind of last outside of that. And that's, I think that's what matters. I don't know, that's, that was a big thing I was telling the guys the other day, is that uh, I have to be, you know, video games are fun, and I enjoy them. But this hobby has given me way more friends than anything else I think I've done in my life. The hobby has just given way more back to me than, than I I prefer the games. <laughs> <laughs> just, I'll, I'll just give you mine, no worries. But no, I mean, that's it. You get a camaraderie about people, and then you learn, like, hey, this is what you look for. And I will remember, right? You'll remember, like, oh, so-and-so's looking for this thing. And then you hit them up, like, six months later, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's awesome that you thought of that. But, like, vendors are the same way. A lot of times they're going to have a card or something. And you can let them know, like, 
these guys own stores, right? So hit them up and go, hey, I'm looking for this thing. It's obscure. If you run across it, do me a favor and hit me up. And a lot of them are really good people. Yeah. And I think you bring up a good point as far as like, from a collecting aspect too, it's really cool to like, if you're a big collector, go through your collection and you see something on your shelf and knowing where you got it from, whether it be like a con or a friend. Or, oh, yeah. Uh, the that, that's the that's the best feeling to me about being a collector is having those uh, like autobiographical or biographical kind of stories, you know, with your cards and your systems. And I asked you that question just the other day because you, you obviously you finished your set, which is amazing. And I said, can you point to all of the like the major ones and like you know the stuff that I, I love that stuff. I love finding little receipts in the you know like a Babbage's receipt from like you know '94 or whatever. And I you know so you'll and when someone comes into your room and looks at your collection. They're like, whoa, that's awesome. And then you say, yeah, that was from a lady in Middletown. She had a kid who was in the, this, the park was on fire. This is all that survived. And this is the, I love, and conversely, I'll respond to like a Craigslist ad and I'll go in there and the place is just like garbage and like cat pee smelling. And it's like, you know, there's marker and all the games. I'm like, well, I can clean that off. But like, I like really, really, really don't like the seller. And they're like really giving me a bad vibe. I'm like, you know what? I don't want to think about this person every time I look at this game. So I won't buy him. So I love having those those stories that kind of the the uh, uh, archeology, span uh, for lack of a better word, for you know, where the collection came from. Yeah, and you can look at it and say, I can't believe I didn't eat murders during this <laughs> I got a couple of those. Yeah, yeah. The, the garbage bag of NES carts coming down. Like you know, like when you drive past a motel and it's like those like yellow lights and like it's like dark for like miles and just like the. And if you guys ever done like you uh, you pull up and you see the door and you like walk halfway up and then you're like, and then you just walk back halfway. <laughs> you're like, is this worth it? And you're like, just say like, make a man two, make a man two, make a man two. Like, then, oh yeah, it's worth it. And then you get in there, and this, this guy was like, came down with a garbage bag full of uh, Nintendo games, and I heard him before I saw him. Just, just, just shambling, and then like the garbage bags, and like, hello, is it? Hey, you hear good games? <laughs> I bought those games. <laughs> but we're we talking about that. I mean, you know. Your last night, we're talking about riches thing, right? I mean, we <laughs> want to know that story. But, uh, I mean, you know, it would, how easy would it have been that you could just go push a buy it now on eBay and yeah. be done and just go, okay, I'm done, all right, I'm going to sit back at home. But how big of a difference does that make? Less magic. Of getting it like around you guys? Yeah. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, that was my plan. I even told you guys before, um, you know, a lot of people on the site, I, I had a chance to buy a Samson about five months ago and uh, just in a retail store probably could have you know struck a deal for it then i was like you know what um you know i'm gonna be patient as i always am with my collecting and we'll probably talk about that a little bit later but um i was like you know i really want to make it special i really want to get around my friends from the side and people that have like helped me along the way and i just think that would be just a cool way to do it and uh you know ended up saving some money doing that as well so i mean big bonus there so uh yeah my wife just does <laughs> we will make sure to uh, not give her the line. How's that sound? <laughs> I've said the line before. But I love the line. Is uh, my my greatest fear is that when I die, my wife will sell my games for what I told her I spent on them. <laughs> <laughs> but talking about a little bit about patience. I mean, we get different styles when you're walking to a convention. You have to kind of sometimes take the long term, right? I mean, sometimes it's like I'm just not maybe going to get it this time around, right? And right. knowing what your target is and where you're going. 
And, but there's different people that play pin collect for different reasons. So, I mean, some people are buy, play, flip, and some people are buy and hold. And I think sometimes people are sometimes a little like, oh, what do you mean? You're just going to buy that and then turn right around and sell it again? I'm like, it's not gold bars. I mean, you can do whatever you want with the thing. But if you're going to buy the game and flip it, that's not a bad thing, right? If you enjoy it and that's what you want to do, Enjoy the hobby, right? Right. I mean, I was, you know, I know, like Will over here. I mean, he, I see him. He does that lots of, but I know he's playing a lot of great stuff. And then he's like, I'll move on to something else that's really great, and that's awesome. You know, I'm the kind of guy like I like to hold on to things because that's weird and that's me. But I like, oh, that's my thing. But I don't think you know, you got to do whatever works for you. And the hobby is what it is. I like the smell of it. <laughs> so I, I think that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, Krabby. Yeah. Krabby said it to me the other day. Uh, he was like, uh, he was like, oh look, it's uh, uh, I, I want the Metal Gear Solid, uh, uh, the, the trilogy collection, like the PlayStation One and the two PlayStation Two games. Which, correct me if I'm wrong, I think it's the only officially released PlayStation One game in the states in the DVD uh, case. Um, and I was like, oh, I really would like to get that. And there was a sealed one in the auction, and it was going for a pretty good price. And he was like, oh, you can get that. I'm like, no, I'm not talking. Yeah, like I'll, I'll get it later. I'm, I'm okay. And he says, yeah, but. You'll get to smell it. <laughs> so that, that sealed, uh, and I'll tell you, the, on a side note, my favorite smelling video game thing ever, and it might just be, you know, rose-tinted nose, uh, but uh, uh, the Final Fantasy VII strategy guide, brand new, stick your face right in those pages, is the best smelling, fresh video game thing in my memory. I, I disagree. I, I, I welcome the Atari games, games cracking the sill off of those, yeah. man, smelling those. Seventies funk, just I don't know. I'm gonna have to admit, like the weird thing. Does anybody else do this? Like when you buy like new electronics and they're like sealed in those baggies, you peel off the tape and you just smell no. that electronic weird smell. <laughs> I don't know what. The Why are you leaving? <laughs> <laughs> But seriously, when we talk about... Thanks. Hey, I'm the weird book, not the Final Fantasy VII book guy. Oh, okay. man. Me and Walden books in the... Oh, it's not broken into what Aries. That's... We got a little bit more. Just wafting these things. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, that's seal versus play, right? So some people have to open things up, and some people are a little, a little against that, but... I mean, like we're going back and talking about like long-term collecting goals. I mean, I think some of that we can tie back into our generation as well, because obviously you've got site collection tools, or have something on a list, have something that you're trying to go from. Because if not, you'll just say, "Oh, shiny! Oh, shiny! Like, oh, you know, oh, piece of candy! Oh, piece of candy! Oh, piece of candy!" And you'll never, you're going to end up buying like whatever the most pricey thing is right at the door, and never getting what you actually want. And that's fine. You're going to end up going, "Oh, that's cool," but oh crap! Now I didn't leave any money for what I actually came for, right? So, I mean, like, you, you bought some stuff, but you knew you had to, like, hold off, right? I did, and you saw the panic yesterday. <laughs> I was a mess. I was a complete wreck. I, we were, like, seriously worried that we were, like, we'll, uh, that, uh, that we were going to have to, like, CPR or we just gonna shake it. or something. You're actually worried about that we were going to stroke out yesterday. And, 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 and it wasn't early in the auction. It, it took a while to get to it. So it was a long period of, are you okay? Like, yeah, I think I'm okay. You know, <laughs> but even before that, like, we were at the booth, kind of talking about haggling and stuff that goes on at the convention. The only people selling are not just the vendors, right? You're dealing with another community of collectors and players. So guess what they've got at home? And if they're coming back tomorrow, right? So, yeah. 
I don't know how you got in the conversation with this guy about oh, a little sample. Story, then. Oh, okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm sitting at the table and Duke's got a, uh, a plastic tub of NES games. Please come by. Yeah. <laughs> and this guy's looking through them, rifling through them. He's like, oh yeah, I just collect for the, uh, the NES. Give him one of our cards for our site. Oh yeah, if you're collecting, you should check out our site. It's free. Uh, good way to track your collection. Um, he said, well, I just collect for the NES mainly. And I said, cool. I bet you have some cool games. I'm down to one game. All needs a little Samson. He's like, I've got one. And I said, do you want to sell it? <laughs> That's what immediately came out of my mouth. And we're watching, we're watching this going on, and it's, it's like, like an hour before it's like the a boxing auction. match or yeah. something. You're like, oh, okay, and like everybody gets quiet, and it's just like, and because we see he's serious, because he does this thing. He like the sleeves get rolled up, the arms get crossed. It's like, no, it's serious rich time. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, and I think I told him, I said, okay, well, uh, let's step over here and talk. Yeah, he like tried to pull away. I'm like, no, 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 no. And everybody just follows us. It was in the majestic when like uh, the entire town is following uh, Jim Carrey and what's her face from Walking Dead. That's it, you need the drama, right? I think we might have intimidated that guy. <laughs> <laughs> like my boys are behind here. So. I am not, not, I'm not seeing him today. So, maybe as intimidating as geeks can be. We <laughs> 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 were like rolling your sleeves up and everything. That's a nervous thing. <laughs> but I mean, that's it. You were trying to work a deal on the floor what? for something that wasn't even on the floor, right? So I can guarantee if I went to any of you that may be somewhat local, and I was like, hey, these are the things that I'm looking for, I'm going to run into a few people. I'm like, yeah, I've got that. And sometimes it's like, you know, if you're looking for it and that's not my thing, yeah, sure. If I'm coming back tomorrow, you get a 2D pass, go for it. Or they know a guy who knows a guy, because you just to talk to people, because, I mean, it's especially with all the Facebook groups. Like around here, we have NERG, uh, I'm the retro collectors, and people sell a lot of stuff on there. They post uh, finds, and it, it's kinda, it kind of becomes like a whole secondary forum to like all the other forums that we spend time on. So people who are members of those communities, like they, they all know each other. So especially if you're going to a convention that's outside your area, you might not know that there's a New England uh, retro collector group that has thousands of people on it. Uh, the, my, my story with New England Retro Collector is uh, I was going to PAX East earlier this year. I have a tradition of buying a 3DS game because it's just a nice, easy thing to flip open and uh, you know play when you're in line someplace. Uh, Krabby had actually given me a sealed copy of Xenoblade Chronicles as a gift the first year he came out here, which is awesome. Uh, great smell. Uh, great reversal art. And uh, I played a whole bunch of it. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, uh, piney. <laughs> so, uh, uh, but no, I played a whole bunch of it. I loved it, but you know, I don't play a ton of the original Wii when I'm home. So I was like, you know what? I'd love to get that on 3DS. So I jumped on, it's like three days before PAX East. I jumped on uh, NERG and I was like, all right, does anyone have this thing for sale? And NERG, you know, spans like a really, a really, you know, wide area. So I was like, hey, does anyone have a Xenoblade Chronicles for 3DS for sale? And this guy, Bichon's like, yeah, I've got one. Uh, and I showed him some trade stuff, and he's like, yeah, I'll take that for it. I was like, awesome, where do you live? He lives a quarter mile from my house. So I traded, uh, I, like I said, oh, well, I'll, you know, I'll, I could walk over there. So like we, we, we met up, uh, got to his house, I, we did the trade, he has arcade machines, he has an impressive collection, he's a vendor here now, and we just did a beer swap. So he's a homebrew uh, a beer brewer too, so it's, it's, all it takes is just reaching out some of those methods, but the, the original point was, if you go to a con that's not in your area, there was no original point. If you go to a con that's not in your area, you don't know about those groups. You need to talk people up because everyone knows what stuff's available in their area. 
and you can have a legal beer in your booth. <laughs> and I think that's another thing with cons, right? Bring friends or make friends, because you want multiple eyes on everything, because I don't care, you can go on to a booth, you won't see it, somebody else is going to see it, so give somebody else your hit list, right? I mean, that's what, when we came in, we had like discussions about, okay, what are, what are you looking for this time around, what are my, and like, like right off the bat, Bridge comes up with one of the things, and like, hey, I found this, and here it is, I just, you know, like, awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah that's the way to do it, Krabby uh, and I were uh, riding up here in the van, and we just pass each other our phones and we're scrolling through the list, you know, to see what we're looking for. And uh, yeah, it's like a group of like attacking vultures or something. You know, you're all flying around and texting each other or running up to someone. You know, I, I know with Ninja Warriors, I saw Will coming in, uh, you know, in front doors, and I just happened to get a glimpse of him. I'm just like, you know, kind of trucking, you know, catch him. Like, I just found one, man. It's the only one I've seen this convention to. Yeah. So, so yeah. Yeah, and I think the thing you want to keep in mind too is even if you're not a vendor. Right? Bring your little set here, trade stash, because like a lot of these vendors will be willing to do trades. I know Crabby, one of the games he was looking for, like first thing, we come in and, you know, we found him right away and the vendor was great. I mean, before the doors even open, we're sitting and doing some horse trading and, you know, that kind of worked out like we start out, like, okay, we'll do this, and he's trying to make his decisions, and then, okay, well, I'll swap it for this one, and then, like, later he gets back, you're gonna trade for that one, and, you know, whatever, that's fine, whatever you think you can sell. But if you're coming to a con, it's not just buying, right? If you've got some extra stuff you're looking to get rid of, talk to people, go to places. I mean, obviously, they're going to be going to other shows, too, so you might as well try to make a, a deal out of it if you can. Now, Bill, I mean, I want to talk a little bit about, because obviously you have to deal with uh, putting together a show, uh, and... With which one? The, 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 this one? Yes. Yes. That's true. So, with, with many, many other uh, great, uh, great army of volunteers and uh, several other partners, yes, we put this on. But you have to deal with vendors and kind of getting things set up and trying to bring back return vendors. So, I mean, how do you go about like trying to get people in, and, and how do you like these are the people we want to work with? And is that too much to get into? <laughs> yeah, I just felt the anxiety of just oh, remembering sorry. what I didn't mean to put you on the spot. Us. I feel like we got the next half hour coming. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Someone time you don't want me to go for more than a couple minutes on this. So, uh, so obviously you want to you want to put on a great show that attendees want to continue to come back to that grows that exhibitors have a really good time at that they make money on. Uh, there's a lot of moving parts to that. So. Uh, a lot of that starts with the venue, like how good is the venue, how easy is it to load in, how accessible is it. Uh, 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 another part of and that, that applies to the attendees also. Um, a, a common thing that we have to address year after year is, uh, there's not a ton of people complaining about it, but you know, we do have attendees complain that, uh, oh, uh, the exhibitors are, you know, trading with each other. I'm like, well... This is, it's a free market, you know, like, even if we put a rule in place, there is no way to police that, so I understand where you're coming from type thing, so you, you try to take everyone's uh, feedback and, you know, see it as a valid uh, point of view, but uh, as far as getting exhibitors to come in and, and enjoy being here, uh, one of the things we, we thought originally was, okay, we have, you know, 50 exhibitors now, the next year we have 100 exhibitors, okay, let's have 200 or 300 we talk to a lot of exhibitors and they're like, we don't really want that because in, in, in a given market, you're going to have X number of people. So like if I have 200 exhibitors versus 300, I'm not going to get that many more attendees. I'm good. That's just, you know, telling people how many I'll have. So if I have this fixed number of attendees, the amount of money they're going to spend is this much. 
that money is going to be split, maybe not evenly, but it's going to be split among those exhibitors. So a lot of the exhibitors are saying we prefer fewer exhibitors because we'll less competition. Yeah, less competition. We'll do better. So we want to have enough exhibitors to give your attendees choice. And we want to have, uh, you know, not so many that it's, it's spread too thin. And a lot of that has to do with tracking your attendance, uh, your, your attendee satisfaction, we do surveys every year, and kind of striking that balance where people, because there's always going to be people say the prices are too high. There's always going to be, you know, people that, that have, you know, uh, points of view. But it, it really is a, a, a kind of a critical balancing point between the right number of exhibitors and the and we don't just allow exhibitors to just like you know I want this table they pay they're in they apply we look at them and we say yes we we think you will you will be a good fit here so uh, without going into too much more of a ramble on it but there's a lot of pieces that go into that and I'll, I'll talk to anyone after the show who wants to go more in depth and I love to hear feedback uh, from people on uh, on past shows I'll send. I, my, my email responses are very similar to my speech tendencies. You'll get a big long email back from me. Once I just like hippie. Yeah, hippie. So, um, but yeah, that's. Uh, I hope that addresses a little bit of what you're asking. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's the thing is, and getting the right vendors in because I don't know about. I mean, this is my third year coming to this con, and I don't think there's been many vendors that I've not been like. These are great people to work with. Um, you know, I've enjoy having transactions with them. They're good folks. The vendors know each other. That's everywhere. So you have a good show, you'll get the same good vendors back and they will tell their other like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, we did Retro World. It was awesome. Those guys are cool. They have their stuff together. We're going to go back. And we get more because uh, we try to put ourselves out there and market ourselves, hey, come get a table here. But we get more vendors referred from other vendors than any other uh, source. Yeah, I can imagine that. So, when we kind of talk a little bit about, you know, getting in and getting into the con and having a list and kind of going through things, I think the other side of that is kind of be willing and open to kind of what happens. I mean, you do want to go out with a list at some point, but sometimes you just are going to run across the craziest things at a con or things that you just never imagined seeing, right? right. Like you were telling me this time around, like ColecoVision. Right? I mean, like, I, we've not talked a lot about ColecoVision collecting or anything, but no one ever talks a lot about <laughs> But we're in Connecticut, so you think, like, oh, you know, you know, you get the idea, right? But I was surprised, and, and sometimes you gotta go with whatever the trends are, but like, you really were hitting some ColecoVision stuff, right? Yeah, I picked up, I mean, not heavy, I think I picked up three or four titles yesterday, and then there's another vendor here that has a nice little tub of games in the back. And I thought, you know, maybe toward the end of the convention on Sunday, maybe we can try to bottle something and I'll see what's left. And, you know, I'm just not going to go crazy with it, but, uh, you know, we'll just kind of see what happens. Maybe we can try some kind of deal with And like we said before, these people don't want to carry this stuff back home. I mean, they brought it here to sell, and if they can unload it, they will. Sometimes to your benefit. Yeah, and Sunday is deal day, all right? Or like the last hour or two. Now, keep in mind, like I know it's always that thing, and I know as a convention organizer, it's tough because you get to try like, please do not close down early, right? We sell people tickets till this time. We don't want you running out of here. But those, there's a few that are going to try to, you know. And that last couple hours is like, that's prime time. It's critical, yeah. If, if, and 
and, and it goes so the uh, and again the, you know you have you have these kind of rules that are like okay like yeah show show four closes here we need to stay till here and it's really kind of a soft rule because like if if I don't want an empty table but and I don't want you know exhibitors or attendees to see empty tables but at the same time if they have done a really good job emptying all their stuff away and there's literally nothing there I'm not going to make that person like sit there and wait but yeah it's uh, uh, for everyone who's been to cons before uh, Sunday is the deal day. And it, and it varies, so I, I, I tell people to don't wait if you're going to be crushed if it's gone tomorrow um, because there are certain years that deal, uh, deal day was great this year. Deal day wasn't as good this year. A lot of stuff was gone. Well, yeah, a lot of people were more aggressive than you on Saturday. So uh, it, like anything else, you kind of pick your battles and make sure that you have uh, uh, you know your priority list in a row. But yeah, the uh, Sunday is, is prime, so like any of those items that – you know, we're kind of maybe secondary on your list. Amend your list, and then, <laughs> and, then you, and then you're like, okay, you know, priority one is over. Priority two, and then make your make your rounds. Yeah, I mean, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, that's it. That's I want to spend. I told, I've been trying to sell some stuff, but I'm going to shut down, or I will do something because I want to make these last minute rounds because. I just don't know what's going to turn up, right? Sometimes they're going to lug some stuff out. Sometimes vendors forget to put things out. And sometimes Retro World Expo t-shirts are slashed <laughs> to the price of $15. If you would like to get a t-shirt. On Sunday. That's, which that's, is, that's which is insane. It's insane. I, I mean, where else can you get a t-shirt There's not even any profit. I mean. <laughs> and they're attractive. Bam. Now, Talk about the shirt, right? I don't think the only thing you you could fail to mention is that you know what would go great with a t-shirt. I can't imagine what might go great with a t-shirt. I think they made some pins. Pins? The pins are five dollars. Get this though. Even better than that, there are three different Man. pins to collect. Man, are we done? <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously, but they're pretty cool pins. You should get go check them out. Um, as we start to kind of get towards the end a little bit, I did like the fun part of the show always is kind of talking a little bit about gaming pickups, and so I want to talk about a little bit of that and and uh, have leave a little time for that, both in the con and the recent. If there's a story that you want to share, but I'm gonna I'll demur to Rich. I mean, we will leave a little bit of time for some questions, and we also uh, we have a history of our show going over uh, uh, community pickups. So um, maybe like about ten minutes or so, we'll do some questions. If anyone has any interesting pickups, uh, we will critique it and tell you, uh, uh, you know, we'll antique roadshow. We'll give you the GGs. Yeah, <laughs> let's get this antique on the roadshow. Oh, no, uh, one thing I do want to mention though, before we get out of uh, you know con collecting, is um, Sundays are often a time where vendors will reload as well. So yeah. you know, make sure you're going back around and checking out uh, the same vendors you checked out yesterday because they can have more stock they didn't bring the day before, and it might not be their best stuff, but it might be some of the lower price items they're looking for. Yeah, and sometimes they've got this the tote stacked back there, and they're just going to constantly kind of keep right. shoveling product down. I'm going to put their bright shinies out front, but you'll get the other side. And uh, JC, um, a, a good friend of ours, he's, he's been to several shows, he's promoted for us, um, uh, and I, I had the opportunity to sell with him in Long Island uh, uh, Retro Game Expo uh, just a, a few months ago, and he, ha he has multiple, multiple copies of games. He only puts one out at a time, so something might sell, and he just hasn't reloaded it yet, so it's there's a really good chance that some of those uh, uh, sellers that have a lot of inventory, they don't want to put 17 of the thing out, like, you, you know, you don't, you know, don't you think you have time to get it, so just go back. Yeah, because if you see 17, then you're like, I want to pay like half of your price, right? So they get the idea, definitely. So pickups, yeah, let's do it. Uh, well, the big pickup, of course, was little Samson. Yay! Yeah. 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 Yeah.
like we were all sitting there, and I think like the electricity in that little confined space yeah. at that moment was, was something. Yeah, and auction is an interesting way to pick up an item because you never know what's going to happen and who's going to be, or who that's not even there will be bidding against you. Yes. Yes, I was bidding against the Invisible Man yesterday. Yeah, leave me some dark <laughs> I will find you. <laughs> but I did pick it up, and I'm sure uh, Russ Lyman has already posted the video somewhere online. Uh, it's quite some excitement. There were some products going on. It was uh, wonderful, and I'm uh, just so happy again that you know, I picked up during that time. But yeah, auction strategy is very weird. It makes you very, very nervous. Yeah, because kind of want to have to set that mental limit in your head, like, right, this is, this is my, I can't step past this price. But you always are like, it's always just like one bid away. It's always one bid away. And I was a wreck yesterday. I couldn't even do math. I had to, like, get to do it. It's like, okay, if I spend this much, like, what's it going to be with the auction fee and with tax? I think, like, five times, Rich is sitting there with me, and I've got my phone, and we're doing that calculation. What was that again? Well, now, if I want to spend this much, how much do I have to bid again? And we're just, like, over, like, oh, here, 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 here's your thing. You know, it's definitely under budget, thank goodness, so I didn't have to worry about that. That was a nice pickup. Um, I picked up, I think, six or seven Sega Master System games yesterday complete. Um, let's see, Dead Angle, which is a tough and fine. Aerial Assault, which is another tough and fine. Uh, E-SWAT, uh, Great Soccer, because I didn't have that. There's still a lot of, like, cheap games that I think I have, right? <laughs> that I don't have on my list. I think, and now, let's see, I was... I walked in, I was 22, 23 games, so seven that. I got 15 games left, which is painful. Uh, Very painful set. I picked up, uh, let's see, there's a 2600 variant yesterday. Picked up uh, G.I. Joe, the color. There's a black and white and a color one. I love G.I. Oh, Joe. So I got the color one. And then I picked up a an Activision uh, Moon Sweeper, the blue labels that Activision. I think I've seen a few of those, right? Yeah, like really, like really generic, like uh, something you would buy, like uh, you know, cheap cereal. And they're cool, like though. They're cool, though. So, uh, speaking of um, collecting, too, uh, I have a story from yesterday. I missed out on a game that I went by the first time, and I did not pick it up. I was like, oh, there'll be plenty of this game around. Oh, it's really common. Went back, pulled it around to the booth, went over to the case to buy it, and a guy was standing there. Looking <laughs> <laughs> I mean. <laughs> this was like a few hours later because it was paying. Everyone thought I was dead. No, we didn't. Like, yeah, no one came to look for me. Rich has gone for hours. I was just like, do we need to send somebody out to look for him? Like, I ran into Will like four times. <laughs> but they probably thought he was dead too. <laughs> um, Will is always like, he's like just like this constant motion of like, I'll okay, back and I'll go and I'll go, which is awesome. But uh, went over to the case and uh, he said, yeah, I need some on this case. And all the Super Nintendo games in that case, he's like, I'll take that copy of Pluck. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was getting ready to buy that. I said that to the kids, like, are you serious? He's like, oh man, I feel so bad. So do not worry about it. I mean, you know, and we ended up just like kind of high-fiving each other before we left the booth. <laughs> that's the sound of it. That's, you, that's, you. <laughs> that, that, that's when you say, oh, I think I sneezed on that game earlier. So, uh, any of you now to see a copy of Pluck on the floor today? <laughs> I can, that one's the one I can see, maybe getting restocked. Uh, I'm sure it. he's wearing it on like a necklace. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But, uh, you know, other than that, um, and the uh, Amazon Spartanics 2, which is a great game. It, it is. Yes. It's, it's equal to Kung Fu. It is a sequel to Kung Fu, but it's more like Bad Dudes. 
Yeah, it's a little short, but I mean, it's really a pretty celebrated game. Yeah. Is that, is that, uh, that's it. All right. Also, let me uh, do a little thank you, Marsha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Chris. <laughs> Tell me what you picked up. <laughs> I should have done that. That's what you planned. Um, see, I didn't get a whole lot this year because, as you guys probably know, it's like you get to be a collector and you reach start like certain saturation points, like, okay, now I have this full set, or I don't really want a full set of this, or whatever the case is, or what I hear a lot. I mean, like, I've been hearing at the show, like, over and over as people come to me, I'm like, oh, what are you kind of looking for? He says, oh, well, I want all the games from my child, right? I want to, I want to re-get all the games I had as a child, which I totally, like, I had a conversation this morning, the first lady comes up, and she's telling me about all the Pokemon games that she bought yesterday, and she's looking for, and you know, I'm having a conversation about Pokemon games, and, and you know, it's probably a 30-year-old lady, but I mean, that's what's awesome about it, right? It's like, that's it. That's what everybody's trying to do, is kind of recapture the fun times we didn't have to worry about bills and picking your kids up and doing all the chores that you had to do, and you could just sit down and, like, turn a TV on and just be there for a minute. But um, going through that, you know, I, there's only a few things I really came in here looking for, so I really, I'm trying to do some of those upgrade things where you're like, you buy, because you got the loose, right, and you want to like do the upgrade. So I had a kind of a, a copy of Shining in the Darkness that I had lent to a friend eons ago. It was no longer my friend, as you can imagine, because the story goes, the game never came back, right? So back, I used to be like, really, it was a Genesis kid, and so I had like Shining in the Darkness, Fantasy Star 2, and I lent them to him because like him and his dad who said played these things. And sure enough, yeah, like those never came back to me. But I'd always wanted to kind of replace that. So I had loose card shining force two for a long time. So I took the time to I found well, Rich found me one. I told him it was on my hit list. So yeah. he went out and he found a really nice copy. And so my list that's what I'm saying, very nice because he's also looking for the same thing. And so very sacrificial of him. He just comes up and he goes, Here, I got this is for you and I'll get the next one. Which is like a pretty common game. So, and if you have like a Shining in the Darkness at home that you want to bring in that you don't want, but uh, kind of tying back in and a good plug, plug it, plug. Um, recently on Rich's show, we did a playthrough of Shining Force Two, which is probably a really tough game to play through in a month for adults. But um, we did. It was a lot of fun. So RFG Playcast. You really need to go ahead and check that show out. But the Shining Force games, because you guys did, what, a year, two years ago, the first one? Um, yeah, it was two years ago. So you guys probably know the format, right? Everybody gets the community, gets together, they play a game, you make your comments, these guys get to talk about it. And I played Shining Force, like the first one, a bunch of times, right? So Shining Force 2, I said on that one, and the joke got to be, it's like somebody's like, oh, so when are we doing like the next Shining Force game, which is like either the weirdo, weirdo Game Boy games that we never had like one of, uh, which was that, or Shining Force CD, which not the cheapest game on the planet. But um, no, like one of the first things, like before we even opened yesterday, um, there was a vendor and they had a Shining Force CD sitting there. And so uh, um, I, we had a nice little trade and um, it worked out really well. Well, it's a little trade, a little money, but um, we worked a deal out for that, so I got a nice copy of Shining Force CD. And uh, other than that, uh, we've 
got our annual silent services sign. So anybody that's listened to the show before, we know that uh, silent service is the best NES game. And it's very rare and hard to find. Maybe not the best, definitely the most rare. <laughs> so uh, we have this annual tra tradition where kind of everybody gets to come together and sign a silent service card as a memoir. So um, I think we've all pretty much about hit that. That's, that's been a highlight. I think out of that, um, you know, this year, like the first year, Krabby who can't be here, of course, but um, we do this road trip, and I would encourage you guys if you can do it. I mean, like, obviously, you can fly, right? You guys can fly. Do a road trip and just randomly search for game stores on the way to the trip and just make stops in the weirdest of places. And we've got a lot of things that came from that. But, I mean, like, you will find game stores, like, in the basement, like, almost of somebody's old beat-up house, and you walk in, and you're like, I don't know if this is safe for me to be in here, because they'll have, like, that must smell, that things like, okay, how long has this stuff been sitting here? But we totally need the bro road trip out, and, uh, I, uh, I'm telling you, if you guys, even just once, right, if you're going to go to a con, Make it at least a one-time thing where you just hit cities you've never been to, weird towns. Just Google game store, whatever next town. Like last time we hit a place called Vacuum Games, and literally the game store sold vacuum cleaners and video games. I, I bought pinball machines from the vacuum cleaner sellers before they shop. But I mean, that's right. Yeah, make, yes. make it into an adventure. But I mean, I won't go into everything that we got on the floor. Yeah, that's a really good source for demo machines to do. Yeah, but I mean, like, just make the whole thing an adventure. Just have a lot of fun with it. Or, better strategy, give the idiots that drive 11 hours your list and let them look for things for you while you fly in. But how fun is that? We're out, like, living the dream, and Rich is at home doing some work or something, right? Yeah. So, but Gravity can totally like just come out here a lot faster. But he's made the trip now twice. Come down. Let's drive. He doesn't have to do it. Let's drive an extra eleven hours plus all the time we stop to go in game stops on top of going to the convention. I would love to do that. Well, uh, Allison, it's my last name. If you're listening, please, please. Next time, fly out to Indianapolis. Hop in the car. Drive the wrong way from fly the wrong way from the con. We'll drive back the wrong way, but I'm telling you, it is so much fun to hang out with guys, BS about games for umpteen hours in the car, eat the weirdest stuff because Canadians are way too excited about steak and shake, <laughs> and just enjoy. I'm excited about it. I'm not a Canadian, but Bill, honorary Canadian maybe. Hi. You've been so busy. Have you had time to even breathe? Nope. Not yet. Yeah, I mean, this, I, we, this is the breathing day. I get no it. joke. Yeah, this this is this is the kind of like unwind day. Um, I'll try to keep this super brief. Um, I'll I'll try to take about a minute so we can still have ten minutes for questions. So um, uh, so I apologize if someone brought me something and I'll mention it. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, uh, last year, a couple of years ago, uh, Chris and Crabby when they came over, uh, they mentioned they stopped at a laser disc store. They saw Blade Runner Criterion, and which one of them said like, "Oh, he's got it." No, that was Crabby's fault. Because I'm like, "Oh, we should get this for Bill." Crabby's like, "Six dollars." Right? Yeah, he's like, "No, I no, know. I know he's got it." I'm like, "Are you sure?" No, he's got it. Rich uh, this year brought me Blade Runner Criterion laser disc and Willow uh, laser disc. Uh, <laughs> So that was it. Was that, it's a that movie. Uh, so uh, uh, John Williams, uh, classic. Uh, Ron Howard uh, directed it. George Lucas uh, penned, I believe. Um, that that was the first thing uh, uh, you know from uh, 
Um, I, I, from my uh, from my German uh, uh, guests who were happy to, to host, um, they brought me some uh, delicious uh, German delicacies. Uh, I, I have some chocolates. I have some mustard. I have I have all sorts of treats to dig into that I'm sure my kids uh, will uh, uh, will help me with when they get back from Florida with my wife, uh, who's not listening. <laughs> Zero chance. Uh, uh, Mine either. Yeah. So, and I said I said I'd keep this brief, but yeah. Uh, the other thing that I uh, uh, I'm restoring Mortal Kombat One arcade machine right now. I brought the marquee in. Daniel Pacina is one of my favorite uh, con guests. I've seen him at several cons now. If We're, you haven't talked to him, yeah. So such such a cool guy. Um, uh, and uh, John Harris, who uh, Jacks, of course, who looks exactly like uh, he did in the game. Uh, uh, Daniel, uh, it is so crazy being, you know, one of the benefits of running a con besides like getting, uh, you know, being able to take anxiety medication uh, now <laughs> is uh, uh, being on a first name basis with Daniel Pacina and pa passing him in the hallway. It's like, what's up, Bill? <laughs> it's, just, it's just so cool. So, um, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I'm storing NMK1, so I asked uh, Pacina very graciously signed the marquee. Um, so the marquee of my MK1 will have a uh, Pacina signature. Uh, again, I'm really sorry if someone brought me something in very nicely and I'm skipping it, but I just want to make sure we have time for questions. And so they'll get enough beer to be drunk. Oh man, the be so this guy, uh, a big case of beer, this guy some just beer, beer. Yeah. that guy some beer, that guy some beer. So uh, I jokingly said, now I'm not allowed my dozen house guests in my tiny house. Uh, so I'm not going to require you bring me, you know, pint double IPA cans, but I'm not going to discourage it either. So I didn't, I didn't bring you any, I just tried. So. Uh, he did. He did. I'm, I'm, happy, I'm happy to happy to help. But yeah, and uh, so yeah, everyone was was very generous with, with the beer, which is great because I don't get to buy it a whole lot because kids, adults, life. All right. Do we have any questions? Oh, right up front. All right. Yes, please state your name and ask your question. Hi, Rich. It's beautiful. On the beer front. Uh, instead of a regular question, pair uh, your favorite classic arcade game with the beer. I love this man. <laughs> I don't drink. I can't drink, so maybe if I had to put a soft drink with something, I would probably... That's not what he said. <laughs> Ninja Warriors, right? Three screen Ninja Warriors as you go through, like the first screen, there's like this graffiti that's on the back, and one looks like it's not Coca-Cola, but it's Coca-Cola, like, it's artwork. So whenever I think of like that sort of like 80s advertising, I think that game Ninja Warriors. Okay. Uh, my favorite catch probably Tempest is when I grew up on a little bit vector artwork. Uh, probably a nice stout, because you're gonna need something heavy when you're playing that. Uh, game is hard, perhaps. Tempest, it's, uh, yeah, it's difficult. I have many answers for this question. Someone, okay, stopwatch, uh, you're gonna give me, uh, uh, And go! Yeah, one, one minute on the clock. Uh, stopwatch, go. Okay, if you're going NHL 94, you gotta go, uh, Labatt or Molson. Am I, am I right back here? Well, <laughs> we're not talking about good beer, we're talking about matching a beer with a game, right? So, so yeah, not a good game, not a good, not a good beer. Not a good game, not a good beer. Hey. So uh, if you're playing something with shotguns, uh, you gotta go with Lord Hobo's Boom Sauce, is uh, uh, very appropriate. Uh, if you're going with uh, anything where you float up into the clouds, like, uh, you know, there's this uh, uh, small indie game, Mario Bros. Bros. You climb up this uh, little uh, vine, you eventually are in the clouds. 
Uh, I would go to Two Roads to Little Heaven, because you have a cloud theme uh, happening up there. And uh, uh, let's do a good one. Let's do uh, 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 Hetty Topper. Uh, let's go uh, Return to Castle Wolfenstein. Octoon. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that's a minute on the clock, but yeah, that, that's a fantastic one. I should do a blog article on that if Rich will have me back for a guest spot. I got some empty spots. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've never drinking anything that starts with Lord Hobo. Lord Hobo, Wolverine Mass, if you haven't had it. Boom Sauce is fantastic. Consolation Prize. Give me another minute on the clock. Consolation we're, Prize is we're fantastic. We're running up against our time. That, 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 that's all I'll say. Consolation Prize is great. The reason it got that name is if you can't find Sip of Sunshine, this beer is the and consolation prize, so it's expensive, but it's good. So I'll, I'll, I'll recommend a stout to go with the Tempest. Uh, the, the Founders uh, Breakfast, breakfast Stout is a really good one. I agree. Picture, picture of a baby on the top of the spoon. Yeah. Any other questions? Right? Yes, any question? Yes, Tom. Soft or crispy bacon? Oh, it's crispy. Man, who eats soft bacon? Trichinosis. Uh, I love it. I actually cooked bacon the other morning. Trichinosis is a real said, thing, and you do not want little worms inside of your body. It's okay? not a thing anymore because they don't use wood no more. So. Uh, look, man, I'm telling you, you got to properly cook your meat, dude. I come from big country, so. Uh, <laughs> Crispy bacon. Crispy bacon. And uh, uh, Chris has recently uh, recommended uh, uh, jowl bacon to me, but that's a whole different conversation. How many people have had jowl bacon? What is wrong with you people? The face that I saw here and here was the face that I made when someone first said jowl bacon. I'm thinking, oh, I don't know. You go, you go to your butcher. You go to your butcher. You have to go there. You ask for jowl bacon. And it has like a little bit of skin left on it. And I'm telling you, it is so good. It's a tradition in the South. It's a New Year's tradition in the South. The one with that and collard greens, and, uh, which Tom loves. Why? <laughs> I just wonder what this panel is like for people who just wandered in for the questions. <laughs> they're, they're probably just here for the, the base panel. But um, real quick, we've got just a couple more minutes. Uh, any other questions? Yes. Can you pronounce any of those German traits that were? <laughs> I can direct you. <laughs> Shot for in it. this direction, uh, I, I I couldn't even. There there is a uh, I believe a lemonade, a uh, canned lemonade that was something like. I do the. I do the. Is that I I would do the. I would do the. Oh, ah, pretty good. I'm getting there. Thank you. Is there a non-food question in the room? <laughs> Start wrap up. Okay. Um, All right. First off, I, I have a question, for Russ. What you doing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, like every time I see Russ, that song is in my head. It's this little like. So I want to thank everybody very much for your time and coming out and saying hi. Um, I really hope everyone enjoys the show. Please come by and buy something. <laughs> now, but seriously, stop by chit chat a little bit. Um, I really appreciate all the friendship that I get out of this thing. Um, RFGeneration.com is our website, uh, the Collector Cast. We have lots of back episodes that you can go back and listen to. As the, the retro episodes. That's right. If you like retro, you can go back and listen to like our favorite games from like two years ago. And uh, the Playcast, right? www.RFGeneration.com. www.CollectorCast.com and uh, RFGeneration.com. So we'd love to see you there. So thank you all very much for coming out.